New York City schools have now been closed for almost two months. Over one million kids are learning remotely. Many sports, clubs, and mentorship programs helping at-risk youth have also moved online. Brett Forrest reports on the challenges and successes as these resources go virtual. For Rosie Peralta, getting online comes with challenges. I see Rosie back in. Rosie, can you try talking Zoom right now? If not, we're texting you a phone number to call. Okay, can you still hear me? Rosie, are you there? Rosie's not in yet, is she? It took about 25 minutes of calling, texting, and talking into the unknown to finally establish a good connection for Rosie's interview. Once on, she was excited to speak. I am 11, turning 12, and I am in the fifth grade. Rosie's connection issues signal a larger problem many New York City youth are facing, unreliable technology or internet connection. Rosie has been quarantined in a Manhattan apartment with her three younger brothers, mom, and grandma, and it's hard to be home all the time kind of sad because like I miss my friends and like my teachers and stuff so I talk to them on FaceTime and I text them a lot. She can't hang out with friends in her building like she used to or play piano at school. She has access to a computer and her mom's phone at home but she's had problems with spotty internet and family interruptions. So is that distracting when you're trying to do schoolwork online? Are, are they always running around being yeah. loud? Every time I have a meeting with my teachers, they always like yell and stuff. I'm like, shut up. Like, be quiet. I need to listen to my teachers. But classes aren't the only activity that moved online for Rosie. She's also a little sister in Big Brothers Big Sisters of New York, a one-to-one mentorship program that matches at-risk youth with an adult role model. Her big sister, Elise Ford, says they met up about once a month for the past three and a half years. But now they actually connect more often during quarantine. I feel like we've been talking even more, just even like little texting things. And we're really into the FaceTime and having a lot of fun with TikTok, with yoga. So there's a lot of virtual activities that we've done together. We just talk more. And I felt like we know each other more than we did like before. Ford was worried about their match when the shutdown happened. She didn't know how she's going to come up with virtual outings, but she wanted to still be there for Rosie. Big Brothers Big Sisters provided a lot of ideas and resources, but Ford eventually thought of her own. It's just like the movement piece. So if it's dancing or if it's yoga, it just feels so good at this moment since you can't really go outside much. But like Rosie even said, I feel like we've actually been closer now uh, more than ever before, just because it's such this shared experience and we're both in the city and we're just both there for each other. Rosie is just one of the 5,300 children that Big Brothers Big Sisters serves throughout the city. Speaking from her home in Riverdale, Bronx, Alicia Guevara, CEO of the organization, says their mission to provide a mentor for the kids is more important now than ever before. Right, they've been completely uprooted from their schools. Their daily home life routines look different. And their social lives have been impacted too. And so the value of the mentoring relationship has certainly increased tremendously. Guevara says 100% of their matches have been able to convert virtually, whether that means over video, phone, or texting. But it isn't a perfect substitute. The human connection just isn't there in a way that um, our bigs and littles are accustomed to seeing it. And um, because our bigs and littles are not meeting in person, all they have is technology to rely on. And for some of our littles, they are absolutely in the space of the digital divide. That digital divide, poor Wi-Fi or no internet devices, 
It's something that Big Brothers Big Sisters is trying to help close so the mentorship can continue. We have invested in technology and purchase devices for our littles. We're looking to acquire hotspots for our littles so that we can ensure that at least they have this technology to remain connected to their bigs, but more importantly, to continue to minimize the disruptions to their education. But there are some services that are harder to move online. Melissa Stenger is a psychotherapist and social worker based in Manhattan and Queens. She also says the lack of other resources found at school is disrupting kids' lives. They were getting support in school from either, um, you know, a school social worker, a guidance counselor, um, certain teachers, if they have an individualized education plan. And at home, they can't get those same resources. It's, it's been a struggle for some of them to still meet the requirements that school was able to help them meet. Stinger says some kids really need that strong structure school provides to succeed. When they're at school and they can get those supports there, you know, that really helps them to thrive. And when they're in the absence of those supports, you know, especially with parents who may not be financially able or emotionally able to provide those supports, kids really do need structure in order to grow. Still, for many kids, the shift online was a natural one. They're used to communicating through technology. Stinger has even seen some surprising benefits in her therapy. Working with youth in this platform, you know, I think is given some of my clients the freedom to say things that they might not have said in person. You know, they feel a little less inhibited, maybe, by an in-person interaction. That said, Stinger's looking forward to seeing clients in her office again. When it comes to building rapport and trust, she said some things are best done in person. Brett Forrest, Columbia Radio News.